and welcome to Another Bite, where we rewatch the most innovative and intriguing pitches from Shark Tank. I'm Jory, and I'm joined by Ariel. How's it going? And John. What's going on, everybody? Get ready to gobble till you wobble, to turkey trot like it's hot. We'll worry about Christmas trees later, folks, because today it's all about the poultry. Yes, today, if you haven't guessed it, it's our plucking delicious Thanksgiving episode with a product aimed to keep your birds juicy. Ready to get basted, kids? We shall, after this ad. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you met at a networking event. Was it Ron or could it be Don or John? Maybe Sean? Yeah, that kind of impossible. HubSpot's all new service hub can help. Well, in the service solution part, at least. It brings service and success together in one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps reps anticipate customer needs and a full 360 view of every customer. So your go-to-market team can keep a pulse on accounts trying to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale support and drive revenue and retention. And you know what that means, better service and happier customers at every stage of their journey. Visit HubSpot.com slash service so you can do more with your customers today. Today in the tank, we have Turbo Trusser. And Turbo Trusser is brought to us by Brian and Kirk. And they are asking for $100,000 for 10% in their business, which is a whopping $1 million valuation. Now, Turbo Trusser is a universal device that is meant to cook the perfect bird. So essentially, it's meant to truss up your chicken so it remains juicy, even if you're roasting it for a long time. So how would you describe what this actually looks like? They're metal stirrups for your turkey. Metal turkey stirrups. <laughs> it's like a piece of metal that you strap the chicken or turkey's legs into. You stick the legs into it. So speaking of metal contraptions, what do we think of this one? Do we have any chefs here? Jory, Ariel, are you chefs? Definitely not. I'm chefs microwaving things and reheating things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just so not a chef. I do like to cook. And so I was so interested because I have used butcher's twine many times. Mm. In this contraption, for everyone who's listening, the Turbo Trusser is a replacement for using butcher's twine to truss your chicken or turkey. And trussing is the act of tying up the legs appropriately to seal off the cavity so that the moisture is retained. But I had never trussed before. First of all, I'd just like to thank the founders for creating this product so I learned about trussing. I'm not sure I'm going to buy the Turbo Trusser, but it seems like it maybe would make my chickens a lot better. I'm very similar to Lori in this that I'm not a fan of touching uncooked meat. And I understand that there's gloves that you can use. I view this as an extra help in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. If you're not a chef like me and you want really good tasting chicken, this seems like a really good way to kind of sure fire your cooking. Yeah. So all that said, I'm not sure there's really a path for this thing. Tell me more. It just seems like it's a really just random kitchen gadget. Mm -hmm. And I think selling random kitchen gadgets, there's some market for it. But it's hard to imagine that a one-off product like this can make it very far without either being owned by a brand that already has some built-in distribution for weird kitchen gadgets or getting some distribution deal. Maybe if Bed Bath & Beyond was still around, you could imagine it like at the checkout and people being like, oh yeah, okay, I should get one of those. But I'm like, I don't know where they're going to sell it. Mm. Actually, I do see this having a lot of legs, pun intended, (laughs) because I see this as something that could be really big in the barbecue competition community. Mm. There's thousands of people that go to these type of competitions every single year. The reason I didn't 
see this as like a particularly viable product was because they were only marketing around the holidays. But I think if they started to think about who this persona is a little bit more in depth, then I could see it having a lot of long-term success. I think you hit it, Jory, in terms of they focus so much on the seasonal angle. And there's really like two ways that you can think about having like a holiday one-off item. You either have a very strong seasonal item that's Mm -hmm. only used during a set period of time, like a Christmas tree. Like Mariah Carey. Or a sled. Yeah, Mariah Carey sometimes. (laughs) And then you have like your week seasonal items. So those are items that will have peak periods of usage, but they still have some usage throughout the year. And I think, Jory, to your point, if they leaned in more towards being a little less rooted in Thanksgiving and they leaned in more towards like that week seasonal kind of approach and found some of those other communities that they lean into, there's so many other opportunities that they could get really creative with their marketing to make this product not just be a single season or single use holiday gift. The biggest challenge they're going to have is finding a compelling event to buy this Mm -hmm. thing. I would say one of their big problems is I think that they're bringing a product that nobody knows that they need. I don't think many people are doing searches for this particular thing, except around the holidays when people start looking up, like, how do I not ruin Thanksgiving in front of my entire extended family by cooking a dry ass turkey? (laughs) And so I think that is the reason to make this a holiday-oriented thing and market it very hard as a holiday item is that it might be one of the only times of year that there's a compelling event to actually purchase this thing. But to me, that just sounds like if not going to the super niche community, it's an awareness play. And isn't that just what marketing's all about? Couldn't it just be a problem solved by advertising? Maybe. If you look at like what the distribution opportunities are for any product in the world, mm-hmm. they essentially look something like this. You have brand distribution opportunities by creating awareness. You have digital distribution opportunities, which would be like search, advertising, Amazon, whatever. You have physical distribution opportunities, which is actually like getting into a retail store. And you have like partnership distribution opportunities, which is like, I'm going to leverage someone else's audience to distribute my product. I bet a lot of people on TikTok would love looking at the simple way to trust a chicken and say, that's awesome. I'm not sure that many people are going to be like, I'm going to buy that thing. It just feels like a nice to know, not a must have. Mm -hmm. Digital Amazon advertising is tricky. It's like on average, it costs a dollar per click and they have $10 in gross margin. Mm -hmm. And so that means that basically if they spent all of that margin on advertising on Amazon, they basically would need to convert one out of every 10 advertising clicks into a customer in order to just break even, which is hard, right? Mm-hmm. So physical's tough because Bed Bath & Beyond is dead. It's not quite like a Sur La Table type <laughs> premium item. And maybe partnerships. I don't know. Ariel's always clever with partnerships. Yeah. Ariel, thoughts? Yeah, this one is tricky. I think they could either lean into the enthusiast angle or they go towards the audience that we're not really addressing, which is folks that don't really know how to cook. You can make great videos of your turkey on fire. And how do you ensure that you have a properly cooked turkey? Building on your idea, Ariel, I do think you could lean into the idea of like the quest for a juicy turkey. The juicy turkey challenge. The last big (laughs) movement for how to make a juicy turkey was deep frying. We all know how that ended for most mm-hmm. people who deep fry a turkey, right? Not People well. love to watch those videos of how fast houses burn down. <laughs> Please be careful. Don't put a frozen turkey into boiling oil. But I think some of these issues that we're identifying in terms of it being like really difficult to understand mm-hmm. how it's going to scale is sort of like where the sharks landed on this product. But we did have one very, very sharky offer. 
Kevin offered $100,000 for 30%, which is already steep. But of course, he's Mr. Wonderful and was like, on top of that huge chunk of equity, I also want a royalty of $1 per unit into perpetuity, which if they're only at $10 gross margin right now is pretty steep. Now, this was a situation where the Sharks were sort of advising the founders to not take that deal because it just even it just say it out loud. It sounds sharky. But ultimately, the founders did take that deal. And it left me wondering, like, at what point as a founder should you just walk away? My personal take on that, Jory, is that you should walk away from an investor if, number one, the valuation is just dramatically mismatched and if you have better alternatives. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, this just comes down to like, what's your better alternative? And I think for them, actually, I don't think they had a better alternative, mm -hmm. which is why I don't think this was a sharky deal at really? all. Really? Controversial opinion. I agree, though. I don't think it was too sharky. They've made $90,000 in sales. In only eight months with like no understanding of marketing strategy. Okay, so run rate, $120,000 in sales for the year or something like sure. that. He offered them $100,000 for 33% of the company. That is a very fair valuation for a company that made $100,000 in sales. They're basically like, I got no good distribution opportunities. And so the only way I'm going to get this out there is if Mr. Wonderful can tap into his network and get it promoted a lot of places. And if he can, then that $1 royalty is totally worth it. Ariel. Yeah, I think from an investor perspective, the $1 royalty makes sense. I think my only feedback that I would give the founders is they kind of offered up more equity without realizing it. Mm -hmm. They're like, we're flexible on our equity, which I think is the worst thing that you can say when the sharks are Because the sharks like, are going to be like, yep, okay. Because you could see Kevin's like calculating in the mm -hmm. back of his head. And then when they counter offer, oh, 25%, they pretty much offered it up on the plate. I mean, when you think about their alternative, basically they can either give a dollar to Mr. Wonderful for driving a sale or they can pay Amazon for another click. Yeah. It just made it seem it's like, oh, what it can cost businesses to have really bad marketing. And in this case, it was a third of the company and a dollar per unit. <laughs> so this was a product that came online last year. So it was part of season 14. Do we think, first of all, that this is still a business? Yes. I'll give it the benefit of the doubt, but not a lot of revenue. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> wrong. So they actually almost doubled their sales by the end of the year. So they ended the year going from, I believe it was $90,000 to $290,000 in sales. Wow. But with fame comes copycats. So at this point, there's, I think we counted 178 companies <gasps> now doing knockoffs. So there are many, many no. knockoffs. It's actually so copied that the copycats hijacked their Amazon account no. and took away their listing which cost them nearly $300,000 in sales. Womp womp. It's guerrilla marketing for you. So thanks to the <laughs> International Anti-Counterfeiting Coalition, they actually helped TurboTressor gain back control of their Amazon that's account. Awesome. And so it has since been a problem that's solved. But Kevin, as their third partner, has actually done a lot of publicity to push the TurboTressor, even going on Good Morning America. Hmm. So he is currently really helping market this as the go-to turkey tool in America. So it's definitely not over yet, but there have been some bumps along the way. Today's episode was written and produced by the mythical Matthew Brown. Additional support comes from Melanie Romero and editing from Robert Hartwig. If you're a fan of the show, meh, even if you're not a fan of the show, tell a friend. Word of mouth is the best way to support the show. That does it for me. We'll see you next episode here in the tank for another bite.
Create Like the Greats, hosted by Ross Simmons, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Each episode hosts an in-depth analysis of some of the greatest creations and creators of all time, along with deep dive conversations on the creative process that went into building companies and brands. If you like learning about history or learning about the creative process, you'll like this podcast. Listen to Create Like the Greats wherever you get your podcasts.